You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. I think this thing has started recording finally, so uh, I guess I can go ahead and introduce the show. Hey, everybody! Welcome to episode 195 of the Chronic College Broadcast, brought to you by the. <laughs> I am one half of your host, Bianca, aka Baritone B, aka Tall Bianca XO on Twitter, aka all the AKAs I read before. I'm phoneless right now, and I usually read them off my phone. Shout out to Drake reading off the BlackBerry with the side scroll. Um. <laughs> AKA where all hills around me, aka six one. If a man height checks me six for four on a WNBA roster and over seven feet tall with hair heels and attitude, aka um I'm freestyling now. Uh aka uh firm handshake, aka not so little miss drop wonder, aka uh motherfucking uh Bianca Del Kia Rio. Shout out to me, bought a Kia Rio today. We can talk more about that uh, later. Not a whole lot more though. Um and yeah, I'm just going to go and pass it on over to Jeremy and let him give his uh, usual round of reliable Let's Go. Thank you to coming back to the Crown of Collars podcast on Flawless Noses Media. But yeah, I'm Jeremy. They call me Black Dante on Twitter. They call me Silky Johnson on Instagram. And on Facebook, they don't call me because I don't know Facebook. Um, oh, you don't, huh, Mr. Swag? Turn to the maximum. You, oh, know, you, this, you, you know that it ain't go hard to paint like Flock of Flame Walks, painting them off the chain. You keep, Burr! you keep that to yourself, please. Thank you so much. Um, All right, cool. We got to get that part out. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, oh, <laughs> you ain't got to work. Curse already on that shit. But um, but yeah, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, <laughs> Ooh, listen when he hear that he go because <laughs> I know Curse he go. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you yeah, deep over it like FCC after us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we back. We here. We never back for another catfish dinner in the form of a podcast. Um. Recording late, um, as Bianca alluded to, she had to do adult things out here buying a whole ass new car, which I wish I could because my car is the ghetto, but I'm also poor, so I can't afford it. Thank you so much. Don't you just love is, capitalism? Is, is your car paid off? Uh, yet I call, I, um, I call use. I bought my shit straight up like years oh, well, ago. Shit, you're in a better position than I am because I'm financing my joints. I mean, shout out to have a decent credit and all, but you know. Yeah, I bought my shit straight up, but that shit starting to ooh, child, my car to ghetto. <laughs> ooh, it needs so much work done, but again, poor, so good luck, everybody. But it get me back and forth to work, so that's, you know, that's really all that matter for a country nigga like myself. But yes, uh, church announcements. Um, <laughs> last week, I debuted a new podcast called The Backwoods Firm Book. For our Patreon, um, I think you get it at the five dollar level. That's right. Yeah, yeah, you get it because so you subscribe to our Patreons. Bianca, give them the Patreon info. So here's how you can support us: you go to flawlessnoises.com/support, um, where you can find the link to our Patreon subscription, and there's also a donate button just for general purposes. Just kind of help us, you know, keep the lights on, pay the rent. To yes. give you this wonderful content. Um, yes. Again, by becoming a patron, you'll get access to even more content, including us bringing it back, talking about music things, um, including Jeremy's, um, you know, old man on the porch uh, news and all the other wonderful things we are doing for y'all. Um, not quite gratis, but close. So 
Commit to us, show us that you love us, and we can show you that we love you back by giving you all this great unlocked hashtag content. Hashtag content. Also, leave us ratings and reviews. We had to start over from the transition from the old network to the new network. New lights, new address. You know, you know what it is. You know what it ain't. Shut up, Bianca. Um, and so yeah, so help us out. Get us our our listens haven't dropped, but uh, we would very much appreciate to get us our old ratings back and new ratings. Um, because Curtis released the the newsletter uh, earlier today, and our numbers still are. Are, are still fairly good, which is good that we didn't have that much of a drop off from the transition. But we we did le- we lose those reviews, so you guys please leave us uh, ratings and reviews. However you listen to your podcast, please five stars, please no one star rules, please. Thank you so much. And uh, speaking of five star, let's get into it. So Bianca, tell us about your day and your brand new vehicle. Oh, um, I bought a car. <laughs> <laughs> I am now the owner of a 2014 Kia Rio, which if you know me and you heard me mention my height earlier, you're going to be like, how the fuck did she fit in a Kia Rio? And I do. Uh, I was going to say. I do. That's the answer. That's all I'm telling y'all. Um, <laughs> it's working. It's effective. It's fuel efficient as hell. Um, it works for me because I don't have the need for as big a car as I had before. I traded in a Chevy Impala. Um, and Impalas, I mean, they're cool or whatever, but like. It just, it was giving me issues. It was old. It was time for a trade-in anyhow. And so I was like, well, let me see what's working around me. Um, And actually, I almost bought a Forte. And I was like, ooh, I find a new Forte. I could get it out, whatever. But I got a really good deal on it. Um, I'm proud to be its owner. Um, Handling good so far. It's treating me good so far. I only had like a mile and a half driving it to this point. Um, Between... The test drive I took, and then also my commute home because it's wild close to where I live. Um, so yeah, no, I am happy to say that I have purchased me a nice little economically friendly compact vehicle. Um, took a little while, but you know, here I am. I'm here. I still made it. And yeah, I went from a white, I went I went from a white car to a black car. So boom, Russell Wilson's these. All right. <laughs> okay, Sierra with the level up. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? I I was talking, as a matter of fact, uh, one of my friends celebrated a birthday this Saturday. And we was talking. Jeremy's friend. And we were, and we were talking about it. Listen to the show, please. Get this birthday shout out. Uh, right. And, uh, because I was like, because again, I do need me a new car, and I was thinking like, if I got a new car, I probably do be be a nigga and like get an Altima, because you know niggas love Altima, niggas being gender and and orientation inclusive, any niggas niggas love an Altima, niggas love Altimas, bougie niggas love Maximus, yes, yes, and bougie yes. niggas with a little bit of money love Camrys, uh, and <laughs> military niggas love Dodge Chargers. Yes. Oh, yes. I will say the Dodge Avenger back when that was a thing. I think they still make those. I don't know. Low key, high underrated. You know what? I'm picking up what you're putting down. I have to agree, friend. I have to agree. But yeah, if I ever, if I if I if I stop being poor, I want me an Altima. I think, you know, I just love me an Altima. I think probably because like when I was back in the country. Like one of my friends had an Altima, and we would go any and every goddamn well doing God, doing all types of nigga shit that we have no fucking business doing. 
And good times and good memories in that damn Altimus. All you, over South. You say that the rat tree was turned up to the maximum? <sighs> you know what? I'm gonna let you cook with that. I'm, I'm, you know what? Fair. I'm, I'm gonna let you ride. I'm gonna let you ride. But yes, there was powerful niggery at work. And so it good good times, good stuff. So I think that's why I want me an Ultima. Just it, it brings back good memories. Good memories of young, dumb nigga shit. Country nigga shit. So yeah. Hey man, just remember you can make fun of me, you just gotta be good at it, you know? You got a pretty decent uh high standards when it comes to you know the, the quality of jokes that get levied at me, but you can make fun of me yes ways. Um, oh, you know what? That you know what? Stay tuned. Next episode. Remember back in the day when we did Tears of Adante? That episode was like '85, I think. I had just moved to Portland, and we did Tears of Adante with Sean and a couple other folks. Yes, we could do Tears of a Auntie B, kind of in the same realm. And I could be like, these are all the ways that I used to be a head ass, so that people used to be able to like get at me, and I'm still comfortable with people getting at me like today. Just so you can have some of these backs. I kind of feel guilty that you know, I'll be hitting you with the burrs and the old Facebook updates, but like you don't have any of that to give back to me, so I'm going to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my own um, I'm going to do my own roast session. You know, it's, it's fine. It's, as a matter of fact, we are, honestly, we need to bring back to Let's make this a thing. Tears of Adante and Tears of Auntie B. Let's make this a thing. Uh, I mean, we'll see. But <laughs> I'm not trying to make this a thing. I'm just giving you a one-off opportunity to, you know, to have the information and then craft the good jokes around it. Because I have certainly lived the life where you know you can get these jokes off. And I am saying now, and I will say again then that I will be cool with it as long as you do the shit right. Well, this is me. So I mean, <laughs> that part you don't have to worry about. This is me. But. <clears throat> But yeah, so speaking of these jokes, so listen, I, oof, oof, oof. Um, I have to get this on my chest. This has been on my heart for a minute. So, Terry Crews has been, um, oh, we're doing a show now. Hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> uh, he, Terry Crews been wild and all. Like, I, you know, and, I have to, and this is me being completely transparent. I haven't shared this with Bianca. I haven't shared this with Candace or Curtis. This is just because I haven't talked about it much on social media over them, like maybe like one tweet. But so Terry Crews recently had a bunch of very hair ash tweets, um, basically um, alluding to two same sex um, couple women, two lesbians could not properly raise a child. Um, and obviously he got backlash because nigga what? Um, and he basically made himself the victim. Um, he said that, you know, be, be, since I am, um, counseled quote unquote, which y'all know how I feel about that shit. Um, let I me make really more, know how I feel about it. Let me make more controversial statements and by controversial read head ass. Um, he, uh, started to make a mockery of hashtag woke Twitter, which my nigga, that fucking irony in that alone, <laughs> like, I, so here's my thing. And, th and this isn't, um, Terry's first run here. Um, honestly, 
Like, cause there was that thing um, that he, cause I, what were we, I think we was on, um, I think we was on Mocha Minutes. We were guessing on Mocha Minutes, and we talked about it with Stephanie. Um, when he had that run in, when he was asking that question, um, kind of comparing um, transracial to. Um, oh yeah, to, the Instagram to, post. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that. Then it was the Liam Neeson thing. Um, and now it's this, and it's just like, as someone who was proud of Terry because, uh, trigger warning, I, I am a male sexual assault survivor. Um, I was very proud of Terry, um, for not only standing with the Me Too movement, but also as, as, as a cishet black man, like we don't see that like someone that's op out and openly not only standing with the movement but also telling his own testimony of being a survivor and really getting in toxic masculinity's ass like really getting in rape cultures oh well that's a terrible let me not say that but you know what i'm saying like really challenging <laughs> niggas like yeah because that was i just thought about it. that was terrible phrase <laughs> um but just like challenging niggas like calling niggas out on they shit and again as a male survivor i appreciated it because oftentimes a lot of people don't give a fuck about us unless it's time to play the hypocrisy head ass games when we were talking about uh women survivors so i was rooting for terry i was and and even when he i side out him i I, I was we hesitant. All rooting for you. Yes, I was hesitant to say shit because I'm like, oh, Terry, this ain't it. But it's like, I'm trying to give you some grace. I'm trying, but my nigga, like, it's just I can't do like I can't do it no more. Like he, 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 he a bozo. Like he's like he is great in this one area, um, in challenging toxic masculinity and rape culture. But in everything else, he's just such a damn head ass. And like, here's the thing. I'm more so dis not even like necessarily that disappointed in Terry, because I mean Terry is just one man. Um, he's a very big loud man, but he's just one man. But I'm more so, and I say this on, on Twitter, like I'm more so I'm disappointed in him, but I'm more so disappointed in the fact that I know that these you know, continue mishaps where all people needed in order to go back to not giving a fuck about male victims on time until it's time to pull. Oh, well, women can rape people too. Y'all don't care about male victims. That's the crowd that I'm like, Terry, why are you not self-conscious enough? Why are you not self-aware enough to know that these niggas are waiting for you to say anything, anything to discredit you, to make you well, I was finna say make you seem like a bozo, but you doing that on your own. But <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, niggas were just waiting to be like, okay, we can hop off the man wagon and we don't need to give a fuck about male victims anymore. And I'm like, how can you be this naive to that? Like, how can you have this, not this, how can you be self-awarely bankrupt, my nigga? Like, what? Yeah, like, it's, it's weird because it's like, <clears throat> this is a blind spot that doesn't need to be a blind spot. Uh, right. Because, like, he was generally checked on these things, like, each time, you know? Um, people are saying, no, oh, this ain't it, and this is why. Like, the thing to do then is to say, hey, thank you for sharing that with me. Like, I'm going to sit with this and, like, digest it and 
come back with my other thoughts, whatever. Um, right. But instead, he chooses to like throw right back at people. Right, and double and down, me, and triple like, down. And not even that, but like to me, like when you're doing that, that's just like to me that reads as I care about what you're saying up to the point where I get to start responding back. Mm-hmm. And all I am worried about in listening to you is just responding back, not listening to what you're saying and digesting it and taking it in, but listening to the words you're saying, because I know other words mean things that don't represent what you're saying. And I just want to say those. Right. And that's the thing that disappoints me about, you know, situations like his and situations um, that lots of these folks get into on Twitter. It's like, you're a celebrity. I'm sure you got media training and whoever is currently doing your media training or your PR work is probably like facepalming right now because right. you are doing, you are creating more work for them that is not necessarily, you know, it doesn't, it isn't necessarily to be created. No one like they, they don't need that degree of work. And so when you create it for them, uh, it, then makes it harder for you to do the harm reduction and the retractions and whatever, because you got these words out here and people have reacted in the way that they're going to react. Um, and once, once the, you know, once it spreads far enough, wide enough, there's nothing you can do about it. Right. And you know that because they tell you that, like when you first go to media training, ask me how I know you, you learn that quickly and you you learn that often and you have that drummed into your head like repeatedly so and it's just such a hill that he don't need to down like like and some like when he like in these mishaps like people because like the Liam Neeson thing like I I saw people reacting and I, I'm not faulting people for reacting like nigga what the fuck like because I had the same reaction like nigga what the fuck but when I saw it and then I saw him being like, he was still like, to me, it came, him with the Liam Neeson thing came off like, it, to me, it didn't come off like he was defending him, but it came off, it was something that he didn't need to fucking say. Right, yeah, that's that was my standpoint now, on that as well. It was like, ooh, this is... Because, I mean, in effect, because, I mean... and I, Like, it was a dark movie. It was unnecessary. But, like, right. I didn't feel like he was out and out just being like, ah, hey, Liam Neeson was right for wanting to... Yeah, yeah or, or it wasn't like, hit, leave Liam Neeson alone. Like, I, did, I didn't take it that way, even though I understand why people were still upset, because it's like, my nigga, you could have shut the fuck up, because this, this man literally said he wanted to go around killing black people, black men specifically. Like, even, like again, to me, it was a lukewarm take. But it was still some shit he didn't need to fucking say. Yeah, yeah, that's. Um, but you know, in in seeing his timeline and stuff, people getting at him like, "Yo, this this wasn't it." He still was staunching his in his stance or whatever. But he, I did see him say, you know, basically he was like, "I, you know, I said what I said, but I agree with y'all that Liam Wilder." That's what I saw. Like I literally saw him say that on his timeline, but. I still could understand people being like, this ain't it. But with this, my nigga, like, this is a take that you shouldn't even, like, if you are smart enough to understand the intricacies of toxic masculinity and rape culture and this, this, and the third, the thought of 
two lesbian women not being able to raise a child should if you are smart enough to get a b shouldn't even cross in your mind like yeah no i'm uh, god i wish i had seen that like live in the front instead of you spending all my time on black planets ching hello shout out to y'all um <laughs> right i would have certainly caught like more of the commentary like i saw like bits and pieces of it and i saw the tweet where he was like well i guess since i'm canceled let me say this um right and that's the other thing like the the victimization and the gaslighting is what really got gets me because it's like my nigga you you, you for First of all, nobody's nobody's you, you nobody's burning you over the stake. Nobody is, you know, stoning you. You have a moment. This is a bad moment. People are being like, what the fuck? And they have a right to be because again, what the fuck? And now you're flipping it on them and gaslighting them into, oh, since I'm counseled, oh, hashtag woke Twitter is in my like he he's going full Twitter nigga. And it's like Terry, what? But like I said, my more or less disappointment is this is just another. He got too much. He had he got too much dip on his chip, and I was trying to like I said, I was trying to give him grace for a good little minute. But like I I can't I I can't overlook you being a bozo. Yeah, yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like you look at it, and he's the person who's like the table test, right? Where it's like, okay, well, what do you put on the table, and what are you knocking off the table? Um. You know, on the table, good, obviously, like, you know, the, the support for male sexual assault, you know, survivors, um, and then the bad being, you know, shit like this. Um, right. And then it's like, <clears throat> you know, it's not a, oh, you just a whatever mediocre whatever person just sort of floating through life and then you make this really big fuck up and it's like, now nah, you canceled. This is more likely seeing you do good, you've seen you do bad, and people got to make their decisions on how they weigh basically the good you do against the bad you do. So. Yeah, but I just, I, I, like I said, I, that's been on my heart. I was waiting specifically until we got on the podcast to talk about it. And I was just like, this, this ain't it, Terry. This, this ain't it. You are. You are work, Terry? Right. You, you going out like a bozo. Like my nigga, like what the fuck? Uh but uh I feel moving like on. I'd need to like get on board and make the damn Crown and Collins like soundboard and have that shit hosted someplace. <laughs> right. Because so, other than reverse Terry needs to be like on that soundboard. Right. What so, else did you put on the Crown and Collins soundboard? Ooh. Uh, soundboard. Ooh, um, oof. Mm. On concrete. On concrete. On concrete. We got some genius. Come, come out of it. Matter of fact, y'all hashtag us. Tell us what belongs on our soundboard. Yeah, come back. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Um, so speaking of speaking of soundboard, so uh the woman who bailed out R. Kelly. Bang up there. What Thank you, Bianca. <laughs> um, <laughs> so speak, speaking of speaking of reverse, so the woman who bailed out R. Kelly said that she is receiving uh received bomb threats. 
And all I have to say is, um, when you do clownery, I guess, like, I don't know. Right, I'm just like, ooh, yeah, people need to take their kids out of your daycare, because um, really you don't want to see them grow up to be um, I don't know what to protected. And I don't know how you run a daycare, and you feel like this about him. Right, like, I, I don't know what to tell you, girl. <laughs> like, how, how do you run a whole-ass daycare? You care for children, meaning you are caring for little black girls. And you bail out, you post the bail of a nigga who literally, trigger warning, who literally assaults and has young black girls in his coat and, like, over a span of 30 years. Like, girl, what? How? How? Oh, a nigga, you ain't even, you met on a cruise. You met on a cruise and you think y'all best friends because the nigga texts you saying thank you for the dance. Like, girl, what? Well, correction, had somebody else text her because he can't read, but still. Like, what did, what did you, I'm like, because I saw that today and uh, that she said that she is receiving bomb threats, you know, death threats, people want to beat her the fuck up, and I'm just like, you brought that on yourself. Like, like at this point, for people who, at this point, I believe people, there are two types of people. I believe there are two types of people. No, three types of people. There are the bozos like her who are still in his camp. There are people who still rock with him or rock with his music, but they have at least enough self-awareness to be private about it. And I honestly feel like, I don't want to say this is the majority, but I feel like it's a greater number than the first, the, the, it's damn sure a greater number than the first option, I, the first group of people I said, and it's probably more than the second group. A lot of people are coming for that nigga's neck like, fuck that nigga. Like, at this point, nah, it's long overdue, but I feel like a lot of people just not playing that shit with that nigga no more. And if you align yourself with him publicly like that, you gotta catch these hands, whether they, whether they verbal hands, whether they actual hands, whether they hands to your pockets, like, right. you gotta take that L. I think we're at that point where you, if you are aligned with R. Kelly, you just got to take that L. So, you know, because I, cause I, don't, I don't really have no sympathy for you, girl. Suffer. <laughs> That's all I got. Um, But, so speaking of, ooh, child, speaking of suffering. Um, So, R. Kelly, I mean, not R. Kelly, Michael Jackson documentary, um, has I believe it came on Sunday, I believe. Yes, it came it's um premiered yesterday, Sunday, as we were recording on Monday. Um just just a disclaimer, me and Bianca have not seen it. Um I believe one, if not both of us, are planning to see it at some point in time. Um oh, you believe her? I well well first well, up, I, <laughs> Well, I, I, I probably have to. Never mind, I can't say that because the fans watching. But I, if I have to see <laughs> it, I, if I, 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 if, I, if I'm gonna watch it, I have to watch it by um, <clears throat> other means because I don't have the means. Uh, let's just say, but yeah, but um, but I don't. Th- we don't have need to see it yet to in order to have this conversation. I don't believe. Um. Ah, oof. Um. So, Bianca, let me ask you, are you, and this is, you know, us, this is not no Twitter shit where we doing um, performing and shit 
are you prepared to cancel quote unquote Michael Jackson? I so here's where I am with it. I am prepared to hear a lot of things about Michael Jackson that were not necessarily discussed back when these charges were all new and fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not prepared to defend Michael Jackson. I'll say that. Um, beyond the most basic offering of, I think Michael Jackson had an incredibly fucked up childhood and it impacted his adulthood in ways that, you know, saw some other people get brought into his world and victimized to varying degrees, um, which is, you know, either highly inappropriate or flat out just like guilty of a crime type shit, um, somewhere in that range. Um, but uh, I don't know. See, it's, it's complicated because like, we'll never duplicate Michael Jackson's like life cycle again, just like we'll never duplicate say like Hakeem Olajuwon's life cycle again. Um, like he was, this isn't like anything to do with his music, this commentary that's like tertiary at best and everything I'm about to say here. But in terms of like the, youngest child with the voice that the dad then drove the hell out of and then there was the diana ross stuff that is you know still like a well did she or didn't she and then there was the teen sensation followed by the young adulthood that weird like middle life you know whatever where he kind of disappeared and through his music expressed you know that he just wanted his privacy and to be left alone and that he was innocent all the stuff that you know people were kind of like accusing him of so I say it all to say I am I am willing to watch the documentary with open eyes and open ears and an open heart up to and including like jaw dropped utter disbelief. Um, am I prepared to cancel? I can't say that right now, and I can't say that right now because he's dead, and that's the short version of that answer. Um, but I don't know. I whew, it's incredibly profoundly complicated and i don't want to cast aspersions upon anyone's decision one way or the other period um i am um like i said through those <clears throat> alternative means um to watch the documentary i listen i have come to the decision i th i think if anything else we should have, let me say that, should have learned um, through this short period of time is that you don't defend any nigga, dead or alive, right. <laughs> when it comes to this kind of shit. So I'm, I am open to any and all information, like you said, that, that I, I'm, I'm, a will, I'm open to information that I didn't know, information that I did know, information that was is in between like i'm open to it all let me listen give me the tea let me know everything um i will say that and again speaking of things that we hopefully should have learned um a lot of people's real like reason that they feel is different than r kelly's is because um michael some of those those kids that I think they came out and said admitted that they lied, but I'm like, 
I think, and again, especially with the advent of R. Kelly, I don't think that's really a defense anymore because we have seen and we should have learned that a lot of times uh, uh, victims will defend their abusers. Yeah, Stockholm Syndrome. Um, so, yeah. Right, Stockholm Syndrome. That's real. Uh, right, right. So I don't, honestly, I don't think that's really the defense anymore. And like I said, I have, listen, I'm not defending no nigga. <laughs> dead, dead, alive, or if that motherfucker is in the hop about a time chamber, like on Dragon Ball Z, if that motherfucker is in a crystal, <laughs> I don't give a damn if that motherfucker is in suspended animation. I ain't defending no nigga when it comes to this shit. So, I'm, listen, it, listen, 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 listen to me. As uh, far as Michael Jackson's music, I love it dearly. It holds a special place in my heart. Like, I feel like it does for a lot of people who aren't soulless robots. But, hey, hey man, hey. And, and this is just me personally, but if I got to let Michael Jackson go, I got to let him go. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm speaking for me. I'm not... I'm not Casting dispersion or casting judgment on people who may not listen. If you're not canceling Michael Jackson, I'm not casting judgment on you. If you are like, damn, I admit I he's fucked up, but you're gonna listen to Thriller in private. I'm not judging you. I'm not judging people who, who are wrestling with it still. I'm not judging people who are kind of just like in. Yeah, no, nope. No, no, I will agree with all of that. I don't want those people like throwing that shit like in someone else's face. That's what I will say. Because if you start throwing that in people's like people do this with the R. Kelly thing, where it's like they just throw it in people's face. Oh well, y'all was watching the second. I'm like y'all who? Because um, I know a lot of people who ain't never seen that damn tape. And well, I'm listening to R. Kelly nine. You can't stop me, and you can't na na na. I'm like yeah 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 yeah. You you are boasting about like this nigga. Like not even. Yeah. Oh, some you know, like you don't know him personally. You don't, you don't got no skins on the wall with R. Kelly. You know, bad. You know, you made a bad one. I'm making a bad one now. Um, you don't you don't have no like skins in the game with with R. Kelly. You don't have no emotional connection or ties to him. You're just a person who liked the music he made and didn't feel like the abuse that he brought to women and you know not even women but to young girls on video in multiple cases now apparently we're learning didn't matter to you. And again, like with this situation with Michael Jackson, we're basically relitigating a lot of this. And in the relitigation in this era, we have where, you know, like the common phrase has become, you know, believe victims. And I kind of think that believe victims kind of gets misconstrued sometimes. Um, where what it gets turned into is if someone makes an accusation, that person is automatically guilty no matter what, you know. No evidence needed, whatever. They're guilty. Boom, boom, boom. Um, when what it really most closely approximates to is I hear you and I'm listening to you. And there are people out there who have a greater rank than you or not as marginalized as you who will do everything they can to keep you from ever being heard, from ever being taken seriously. And those people disbelieve victims. And believe victims is basically a shot back across that that says, no, no, this person says that they were assaulted. Don't discard this just out of hand because, you know, she's a poor person or she's trans or 
um, you think she might have been like star fucking or queen chasing or whatever. No, look into this and give it the breadth and the depth that it deserves. Person who is paid to prosecute these things, don't just shove it to the side just because you in the pockets of you know insert celebrity here, insert powerful person here or whatever. Uh, because you are doing that person a major disservice and you are contributing to the reason why victims don't step up because people like you are being dickheads and don't want to actually listen to them because you don't feel it's your job. So, like, in this case, I, again, I haven't seen this. Generally speaking, I can apply the phrase, you know, believe victims to them in light of, again, the fact that, one, I haven't seen this, and two, I don't know how what I'm going to see is going to change the course of anything in my life in terms of Fanhood to Michael Jackson. Um, again, he ain't here to defend himself no more. And like we said, that's not sufficient enough to not take the things of you know the of the documentary seriously. But it is reason to again like remind oneself that yes, we are relitigating these things um, in a time in a period of you know an era where that is a thing that we do, and that is not good or bad. That just is. You know, we we do these things because, you know, that's that's where we are now in the world. And, you know, people want their voices to be heard. They want their stories to be heard. They want people to rethink about what might have happened to them. And so, like, with the R. Kelly thing, like, we, we learned that, like, what we might have known, like, you and I, by being plugged in, like, talking to me and Jeremy, by being plugged into certain corners of the internet that we are and being around people who discuss things like, I don't think, I mean, I didn't learn a lot from what I read about surviving R. Kelly. Um, but I saw people who were like, wow, he married Aaliyah when she was only 15 years old. I'm like, fam, I knew that when, she, you know, when I was 15, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that, that was, that was fucked up in my youth too. Like I, you know, it, it, I knew it then. And I'm not, you know, again, saying that to say that I'm above it all. I'm just saying it to say that that's, that's things I knew. And, you know, short of them actually, because like I said, I ain't never seen a damn P tape. I ain't seen the, you know, they apparently got a new one out. You know, they, they somebody posted a link to it and I missed that whole little kerfluffle, whatever. But I don't got no interest in seeing that. I, you can tell me that it exists and I'm like, yeah, good enough for me. Like, based on everything else and based on this, which I will bring back into the Michael Jackson topic, which is that R. Kelly was making these songs, singing them as if those young girls were in the studio with him being his muse, which I think is the biggest point of difference between R. Kelly and Michael Jackson. I don't think R. I don't think Michael Jackson, for example, was making Liberian Girl while a little eight-year-old white boy was sitting in the, in the studio with him. I just don't. Um, I, I will even give the most literal interpretation of this that I can. I don't think Pretty Young Thing was written with a nine-year-old boy in the room or nothing like that. Um, but if you tell me R. Kelly didn't write, let me get a toot toot, let me get a beep beep on a fucking single that was like a number one chart topping whatever in the year 2003, by which time I was a young adult and that shit wasn't directed at some molecular level at least to a child. Or the notion of calling himself the Pie Piper, all these other fucked up things that he did. That is, that's huge to me. And it's why, again, ultimately, I can't treat R. Kelly and Michael Jackson the same. They're not analogous. Haven't said all that. I still gotta watch the damn documentary. So whatever. Yeah. Well. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I mean, I listen, I hear you. I just I listen, if I got to not listen to Thriller again, I mean, it is what it is. Like I, again, I this is just I ain't defended no nigga dead or alive. You know, <laughs> and but let me but let me ask you though. Let me ask you though. Um, and I'm not asking this to be a jerk. This is not a devil's advocate question. Would you listen to the song Wanna Be Starting Something and think that that was about his carnal desires or otherwise, allegedly, or otherwise any desire to be intimate with a six-year-old or a nine-year-old or a ten-year-old or whatever? No, I would. Okay. Yeah, because, again, like, when I listen to You Remind Me of My Jeep, I think he's singing that shit to a 13-year-old girl. No, he is thinking like ain't no thing he is. Right. Like but, and, and, oh. and I'm not I'm not dismissing your point and I understand that mm. so to me I, I do think it is worse for as R. Kelly that he's literally singing about the things that he he he's done. Whereas Michael, you know, he is not singing about the things that he has been alleged to. With that said, still, you know, I mean it's no, no, like the, the the circumstances are still incredibly like dubious you know like, right really that like that's what you were doing that's what you was on like you know whatever so again i think that this is one of those things where like i don't know it's it's one of those things where again you got to make a moral decision that depends you know like i said very mitigating at best about the artist himself in this case so i don't know maybe this is one of those things where like we you know we can have this discussion about this being a thing that currently exists in the stratosphere of the social media that we like dwell in. And maybe we should dedicate like some time on a future episode to like have watched it and to say, Hey, yo, these are my thoughts and like be ready to either stick by what we've said here today or walk it all back. And I think we deserve that as content creators who observing a discussion about a thing that we just haven't had the time to give the attention to, to then give that time to it and say, yo, everything I said was like bullshit or everything I said was completely like torn apart by actually watching this documentary. You know what? Everything that I said seems to hold up based on what I saw because, you know, whatever. So. Yeah. I think that's a great way to close out the podcast. I don't um, think we're closing out the podcast yet because, um, yeah, we're not closing out the podcast yet. You haven't heard it yet, but I have, and I was impressed by Solange's new album. As I mentioned earlier, you know, back on Black Planet, find me, it's Bianca, on Black Planet. Um, catch me in these chat rooms. Trying to flirt, beat me in a religion chat, holla. No, <laughs> but um, so Solange released an album, and I will say this to you, Jeremy, being as you haven't heard it yet. Start at track one, listen all the way to the end. Don't have the repeat function on. Like, don't let it go back to track one. Like when I think the last track is like 21, I think. When it gets to 21, like, make sure that the repeat function is off. That way you don't play, like, track one again. Because the way she put that album together, track 21 blends right back into track one. So mm. I was listening. I got to that point, and I was like, wait, this is like, things I imagined again. Like, and I had to cut it off. I was like, damn. Man. Usually like to, I usually like to get a new album in my hands and turn that repeat around um, function off. You know, obviously, put on repeat one, it just plays the same song over and over again. But if you put it on repeat around, it'll 
it'll loop back. But no, what you the way I would recommend listening to it, and we can talk about this next week whenever you get around to it. It's not a seat at the table. I don't think Salon set out to like begin making a lifetime of a seat at the tables, essentially. I was going to say she got a store at the table. Right, yeah. Just continually making the same album, which I, some of the crit- criticisms I have read basically skew toward that. And, you know, my response to it is she's also not making a lifetime of solo star albums. So is that what it was called, her first joint? Uh, solo star? Yeah, that was, a, that was her first album. Uh, solo star released in 2002. Bring it back, free. Um... <laughs> You know, amazing, sweetie. (laughs) But no, she does. She is not um, making a bunch of solo stars, and she is not making a bunch of um, trues, and she's not making a bunch of Soul Angels and Hadley Street Dreams. She's not going to continue making like she's going to make the albums that speak to what she's feeling at a snapshot in her life. And so I know, like the album art picture is a lot similar to Seat at the Table, but don't go into it expecting the same album. Go into it expecting to just play it all in one shot and just vibe to that shit. Because it is good. Like, vibe to that shit music. Yeah. Alright, I'm gonna get around to it. You know I'm old. I get to shit when I get to it. I mean, I'm just just like encouraging you to get to it because, again, I think it's a good album. Um, Because, yeah, no, she doesn't She's not trying to do, like, again, like, carbon copy, you know, same album, same album, same album type shit. Um, and I fucked with the movement, so. All right. Well, I think now we're going to close out the podcast because it's kind of late on my coast. Um, on your coast, your coast, your coast. All right. And I can't sleep if you ain't here. All right, let's let's end the damn show. And <laughs> let's, let's, let's end the damn show. We'll be back, we'll be back next week. Bye, y'all. Goddamn, you be on. Let's go. We out. Peace. <laughs> oh, shit. I cracked myself up. Bye, y'all. <laughs>